There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Beyond the Noise, the podcast series from PR Week. I'm Frankie Oliver, your host and founder of New Society. And today I'm joined by PR Week's UK editor, John Harrington. Hi, John. Hi, Frankie. And this week, obviously, because it is that time of the year, we are delighted to be joined by Gillian Taylor, Head of External Communications at John Lewis and Tori Pawsand, Senior Director of Public Relations at ASDA to talk about this year's Christmas ads. Hello and welcome to you both. Afternoon. Hello. Hi. So to you first, Gillian, could you tell us why this year John Lewis has gone for Venus Flytrap and a bit about the customer insights and the creative process that have led up to the creation of your ad? Yeah, so we moved agencies this year. So after 14 years, we moved to be with Saatchi and Saatchi. So there was a big pitch process at the start of the year. And actually, the Christmas ad was the brief. So the idea and the customer insight all started really, I think, with the pitch process. But the customer insight was saying very much traditions are really important to John Lewis customers. And the ad is inspired by this kind of real and changing ways that you celebrate Christmas. So that was really, really important. And we looked at traditions and it kept evolving. But I know having had conversations with one of the creatives, one of the key insights that we found was that 95% of the UK population gets a Christmas tree. So a Christmas tree was really important. And when they were being sort of given lots of different ideas, the creatives was sort of coming up and they, they saw this picture of a Venus flytrap and they thought, oh, that's quite Christmassy. And they were sort of being taught through it very quickly. And they were moving on from the Venus flytrap to the next idea. And they thought, ah, actually, something. there is something really Christmassy in that. Think of the colours. And that's kind of where it came from. So it really is based in customer insight. It's about families evolving traditions, how we start new things, which then may become a family tradition. And it's very much central to sort of the whole message behind the ad and also about enjoying Christmas. So I'm just thinking, Gillian, that brief for the new creative process, I mean, that's quite a hard gig, isn't it? Come up with the next iteration of what the next John Lewis campaign is going to be. 
What was the response from the industry? Was it quite varied? Did it really stretch where potentially you could go as John Lewis? Or was it really just trying to find a new way of expressing what has really been an amazing formula that's worked for the last 14 years? I think it's keeping the tradition of storytelling. So Everybody would say that a John Lewis ad has had a very great telling of a story always at its heart. In fact, we only put up the logo right at the very end. And I think right from the very beginning, you can always tell it's a John Lewis ad. So that's really important. But how do you also make something that's fresh and new, but whilst also keeping all of those things that are really important to it? So I think that's what Saatchi and Saatchi really brought. They brought that freshness and I think fun to the ad as well. I think it's fun and something that we probably wanted this year. And it sounded like you put the agencies through a great briefing process as well. I mean, they, there was a big pitching process. And then in any retailer, you're thinking about Christmas 365 days a year. Of course. So the pitch process was only happening in sort of March, April. Gosh, it seems so long ago, May. And then so it was a bit of a sprint this year. And I think Sachi and Sachi have been brilliant to work with. They've also got a great PR team who we've been really close to and helped each other the whole way through coming up with ideas together and working out, you know, there's iterations you iterate right up to the last minute. We were still iterating and thinking about things right up until it had to be at the TV stations a few days before the ad. But we, wow, were, that, we were getting it close. We were getting it for our briefings at the same time as it was being sort of sent out. But that happens every year. Great. On to you, Tori. This year, Asda's brilliantly gone from Elf to uh, Michael Bublé. And if anyone I think was going to upstage Elf, it would be uh, Mr. Bublé. Can you tell us a bit about the sort of customer insight and the creative process that led up to the creation of the campaign this year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, how do you top Elf? And I think in truth, that was sort of the blessing and the fear from a last year where Elf just resonated so brilliantly with customers. And we were thinking, well, this is marvellous, but how do you top it? And Bublé is the obvious choice when it comes to that sheer sense of it's Christmas. And I think that was something we were very mindful of wanting to bring through in that people want that warmth, that sense of a moment that they recognise that feeling of, yeah, okay, it's Christmas. And that was the insight that we were hooking into, but very much with the idea of how do we bring that quality story to life with our product? How do we tell that story through the creative? You know, what was brilliant with Elf was we had those iconic images to work with, those those scenes that everybody knows so well, but they are scenes from a film that was made. So you're always working within those confines. Whereas with Bublé, we had him. So we could do new stuff, which was really exciting and bringing that quality story to life as, you know, the journey of him as our chief quality officer for Christmas and just really helped us bring that joy together with that sense of showcasing the the product and the quality and the experience we want to bring our customers this Christmas. The message of it is about the quality, isn't it? Was it a case of kind of Buble was the sort of the idea at the start or the idea was the sort of quality element and then Buble just sort of came in because you know, you need a bit of pizzazz and a bit of uh, Christmassy charm to sort of relay that message. It's a joint piece. I think, look, we always know with these messages that we're on a journey to kind of really challenge that perception that 
you know, having great quality has to come at a premium price. And where, you know, our, our whole purpose, everything that we're trying to, to ladder up to is about bringing those brighter moments, that joy to as many people as possible and to demonstrate you don't have to pay a fortune to get the good stuff. And so that's always got to be anchoring thought for us when it comes to showcasing our creative, but it needs to cut through and it needs to bring that joy and that warmth. And that was very much what we, we recognised we'd landed on with Elf. And so it was really that marriage in the idea of, how can you bring someone who just epitomizes that joy of Christmas together with that quality story? So those two things always had to sit absolutely alongside each other in, in the creative process that, that was you know, developed by our, our brand team. And I was just wondering, is there a testing process that you also go through with your customers? I'm just thinking, Gillian, you know, you're going right up to the wire. Are you very much using your own instincts to decide, yeah, this is the ad we're going to go for? Or is there a testing process that you're actually using with your customers? We test it the whole way through. So we test it from the script stage and then you iterate the scripts. And we also test it, you know, as a first ad so they can see it, but also it's trying not to let anybody know where it's coming from. And then we also test it with partners as well. And how are you testing it typically? So they get the scripts read to them and then there's kind of, there's a whole discussion around that. And then people get to watch it as well get to watch parts of it and is it sort of focus group level numbers yeah. yes yeah. that you're doing yeah and Tori same for the Asda ad are you using a testing process as well yeah very much so as Gillian's talked about there that sort of testing and iterative process is ongoing and absolutely that starts the very first sort of briefing session where internally people are brought into the loop and you see that reaction internally but then obviously more scientifically as the creative is built it goes into that testing because obviously from a you know outcomes point of view that resonance and that awareness that this is brand this is the the retail that you're talking about is always really critical so you've both gone quite pure christmas this year and gosh i think Gillian, you were on the podcast last year when we were talking about last year's campaigns and that was absolutely when the cost of living crisis was just being felt so viscerally across the country and actually some brands had decided not to do adverts or do them in a different way to reflect you know that there was the squeeze on family finances but this year that all seems to have faded into the background and actually despite the fact that we've got a lot of world problems going on and a lot of issues to talk about actually the big purpose messages were not there really across the board with many of the advertising campaigns that we've seen. What did you think about that? Is it out the door for purpose and just back to Christmas? <laughs> Definitely not. Certainly not for John Lewis or for Waitrose. I mean, we're really proud of last year's ad. It played a really critical role in raising awareness for, we had launched a new charity called Building Happier Futures, and it was very much about care experienced people. And this year we released a charity single with the ad and the money that's being raised from that is going to our foundation as well as Andrea Bocelli's foundation. So I think for us, purpose is still very much part of the campaign, but it's also really important to think about the tone of your ad. How do you tell the story? How does each ad move on and still have that traditional storytelling, but actually also have a kind of a fresh and a new emotional aspect to it? So I think the research from our customers and the research that we did in the run up to it was Christmas is something celebratory. So that's what people were saying that they wanted. But if I think about some of the sort of messaging that maybe you've had around the John Lewis ads in the past, I mean, there's many John Lewis ads that have made me cry. <laughs> and I suppose it wasn't the emotional hit, as it were. It was definitely much more of a joyful 
piece, wasn't it? It was definitely joyful. It celebrated Christmas, but I find it really emotional. And I do think it has these kind of peaks and troughs. So I have two boys and they loved Venus flytraps. And we had many Venus flytraps over the years, all of which did not last very long. Yes, I know. They're very easy to kill if you touch them too much, aren't they? (laughs) Very easy to kill. So I loved the little bit where he was getting up from the table and running to see if it had grown at all. And I just think there was, you know, this kind of friend that he was cultivating. And then when the snapper gets put out of the door and he's left out in the garden, I definitely felt it tugging at my heartstrings and it was emotional. And I don't think it made me cry, but it definitely made me emotional. And then my favorite bit of the entire ad is on Christmas morning when he picks up his present and he goes outside and he strokes snapper. I mean, that absolutely did get my, that gave me goosebumps. So I do think it's emotional. It doesn't just always have to make you cry. I think it can make you evoke memories of different things that may be happening in your life or the viewer's life. So Tori, looking at the Asda ads around purpose, I'm trying to think there hasn't necessarily been a history for Asda and purpose, probably much more around cost and quality, as you say. I mean, is this does this ever appear in an Asda brief that we're thinking, you know, what is our role at Christmas? Well, I think that's interesting because absolutely our role at Christmas is about bringing value and quality to our customers. That is our purpose and it's our purpose kind of all year round, but with that particular focus on doing it at Christmas, which we know is such an important time for families and for our customers. And I guess, again, going back to for us, that purpose is demonstrating quality doesn't have to be reserved for you know those with the biggest budget and that that can be achieved by everyone, everywhere, whatever their budget. So for us, the purpose that we live by all year round is about bringing that value and quality to our customers in as many ways as possible. The investments that we make in in lowering prices for consumers so that they can get access to great quality products all year round. You know, the, the Just Essentials range that we launched, you know, last year around that real value line, but also in our broader ranges, you know, trying to make those as accessible and as extensive as is possible is 100% our purpose. What we recognise is that there are long-standing kind of preconceptions around cost and, and quality, and we're trying to challenge those. And I think that that Christmas campaign is that point in the year that for us, you really bring all of that together because we know how important it is for people to have that incredible moment for their for their family, you know, whatever budget they're working on. I'm kind of interested to know about the day-to-day running of a Christmas campaign once it launches. I mean, could you give me a bit of an insight about what it's like in the sort of the John Lewis and the Asda War Room comms team once the video has dropped? I'm, I'm really interested in that. Um, I think it's even before the videos dropped. Well, and before so as having well. Having worked on a Christmas campaign, we were just obsessed about when was John Lewis going to launch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and obviously the, the teaser sort of teaser campaigns have existed for a while too. So yeah, it'd be good to just get a bit of an insight into that, really, what it's what it's like on the ground. It is so busy before it even starts to drop, and then you do have the teasers. And I think we see more of the marketing team probably in October than we do at any other time of the year. So we are in meetings with them all of the time, you know, going from meeting to meeting or on calls, having catch-up. So that happens the whole way through October. And there are definitely parts... I think times in the ad when you think, is something going to leak? What's going to happen? We generally choose our music as one of the last things and it's always kept very close. Oh, that's interesting. 
that the music is late. And I think the music makes the ads as well every year because you, you can get a real sort of earworm and then you can't get the tune out of your head. But we do choose our music intentionally, except for the one year we did it with Elton John. But otherwise, the music usually comes near the end. We may have a bit of an idea, but in terms of artist and the tune, that always comes. It's one of the last things to be done. And then... I mean, it's a mad scramble in terms of the Q&As and the releases and what's all the content you have and what have you agreed if there's any talent in the ad and what are you going to do with the merch and how are you going to brief the journalists? I mean, that is just takes up so much time and planning. This year for the brief at John Lewis, we recreated the living room from the ad. So we needed to get the sofa that had been on the shoot and we did all of that so we created the living room and that's where we briefed the journalists in the two days before the ad launched I think this year was a real team effort if I'm allowed to go into this story but we had two days of press briefings before the ad and in early hours of Wednesday morning which was 24 hours early somebody in the team was up with a young child she texted to say I think one of the papers has gone live early with the, their all their ad coverage and they'd gone very big and were you under embargo at that point Gillian? we were, on, right. we're okay. under um, so they broke the embargo accidentally I mean it was definitely human error but at half three in the morning on Wednesday morning rather than at sort of this all going live on Thursday morning there was quite the scramble to try to get hold of night editors and get hold of teams to get the story down because we didn't want everybody else then breaking their embargo So this year, the last day of press briefings was a rather long one. I think most of us were up from half three in the morning the whole way through. And then on the day of the ad launch itself, we do have a war room. So with social and comms and most people who have anything to do with the ad, we all sit there and we watch as it goes live on social. And then we react to anything that we may need to react to. And that team stays together all day. In John Lewis, yeah. yeah. And you're working with your agencies in that, your comms agencies, and are they in the same place as well? or? Um... So we don't work with a comms agency on this. Sachi and Sachi are there, and there is a social media agency here. They're very much coming up with some creative ideas, especially if we see things we want to be, react really, really quickly and in the moment. But there are other things when you think, actually, could this be an issue that we need to think about and what are we going to do with it? So we sit there and we work on it all day. So the PR team is John Lewis in-house. Yes. And it's the creative Saatchi and Saatchi team with their own social media team at Saatchi and Saatchi or a separate agency? No, we have our own social media team as well, but we have a small agency that supports them. And the Saatchi and Saatchi team are there just watching it because it's really exciting to see the reaction coming through. We all look to see if Mr. John Lewis reacts. We send Mr. John Lewis a gift every year just to warn him that he's about to have his day highly disrupted. So there's a lot of fun things coming through it. It's really nice. And then it's great. We send out updates throughout the day. So it's great seeing all the press coverage coming through. And this year we had a lot of broadcast focus. So we're going from BBC Breakfast to Good Morning Britain to Lorraine through to This Morning, you know, and to Loose Woman. So there was, it was. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Basically, the ad was discussed and all of that. And the great thing for us is because I am very partial to plush toy. So we had Snapper, the teddy. He was only 18 pounds. And I mean, he was, he's been an absolutely amazing hit. Started to sell out as soon as he went online. I have to say, I did buy quite a few myself and some Christmas decorations in the shape of a mini Snapper. But it's things like that. You see the sales coming through. You see people's reaction to it. I think to me, that day the ad launches is... You know, it, it's a really fun day. It's a great day after a lot of hard work in the run up to it. Yeah, I bet. Thank you for that. And Tori, your experience been similar, a bit of, you know, kind of mad scramble, the sort of like, you know, war room scenario in a good way? Yeah, in a, in a good way. Yeah. And I think as Gillian says, you know, it's, it's hard to kind of overstate how much of a team effort, you know, bringing that Christmas ads a campaign to life is across the marketing team, the the social teams, the PR team. It, it really is a big push for the for the finish and all of that sort of effort. And like you say, that testing and that sort of fine tuning finally coming to life. And I think one of the things that I found so fascinating over, you know, I've been in retail PR for sort of 13 years now and, and watching the way that the Christmas ad launch process has evolved because of you know, social media, how, you know, we go first on social largely. So as Gillian said, you're sort of watching the social go live, you're watching the social reaction, the the press um, reaction is there at the same time. This is all before the ads actually gone live on TV. It's sort of traditional outlets. So that whole day of pre-briefing of of sort of them watching the reaction and the coverage land is like this big bated breath moment for the, you know, for the whole business and watching that reaction. And it's fantastic that it it pulls all the teams together. So, you know, my team in in PR, I have the the consumer and the corporate side, you know, corporate largely is, is quite serious day to day but on that day everybody is whatsapping backwards and forwards screenshots of things and also you know watching other people's ads go live and 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 seeing the reaction and the sense and so it's it's a fantastic combination of all of that effort and focused on how that customer reaction is you know going to play out how that media reaction is going to play out is such a huge focus and, and feeding that celebration back into the business but I guess you know the one thing that's always there from the the PR side is then the campaign's launched, but then, you know, there's, there's still a huge amount of work to be done in the run up to Christmas, maintaining that storytelling, maintaining that momentum. And for earned media, that's about finding new angles on the story, new opportunities to, to take that message forward. So it's very much that kind of moment of, whoop, we're gone. And then it's like, right, now back in, what does the next sort of week 10 days six weeks look like and we have this grid that we're sort of working through every single day what do we need to shift what do we need to move what stories are breaking that might mean we need to think differently what opportunities do we need to to jump on so it's a high of getting all of that effort out there that's been the the product of so much hard work from the various different teams and agencies and then it's like okay there's a moment of celebration now back to it one thing that we did differently this year was we technically launched our ad probably a week early. So we released the Festive Traditions Tracker and we did that on the 1st of November, which is 
the day after Halloween, which would most people start to begin to think about Christmas and the big day is the 10th, which was the day after the ad launch. But we've not done that before. So that was a first for us. So all of the research that we'd used to come up with the ad in the first place, plus some of you gov back to our archives, we put it into a report. And I think that was quite interesting for us working out, you know, all of the traditions that we said had been in the ad and putting that into a report and getting the coverage for that really eight, nine days out ahead of the ad. That was def- that was a first for us, but it was an interesting piece of work. That's a very different approach actually from John Lewis, isn't it? And it, do you feel it worked for you? Yeah, I do because there was a lot of people talking about traditions. So, I mean, and even in the team or when we were talking to journalists, you couldn't help but sort of have that conversation around what do you do on Christmas day? Do you wear pajamas or do you dress up? Do you have two trees in your house? Do you have the decorations that maybe your children made at nursery, which I do this, and then I now hide them at the back of the tree and I put all my nice balls at the front. Um, I hope my children never listen to this. I have got a random gingerbread man that I do, yes, try and strategically position in the tree every year. Yeah, so I think it gave that, it was really interesting because it gave some very interesting insight or that people actually love Christmas Eve and they love Boxing Day because on Boxing Day, you can relax, your cooking's all done. And on Christmas Eve, you know, you might be with close friends and family and that came out very strongly. But it was very interesting because if you start to look at traditions of what people do around Christmas, I don't think any two families are the same. And that's quite interesting. And it was I mean, I was shocked that one girl on my team who's super glamorous it spends her day in her pajamas. And it was just it's it, lots of really rich conversation around that with great conversation on social with some great coverage from that report. So that was a different approach for us this year. We really launched the ad a week earlier. Yeah. And a very talkable you know, approach as well. So Tori, back to what you just said about around your campaign approach. How much of your PR strategy focused on Mr. Buble and what you would have access to and how much was negotiated in the contract? And then how much beyond that was about reacting to the news agenda and the roundups and all of those sorts of pieces to manage your narrative within that? Where was the balance and and what were you able to negotiate up front around the PR that would support the advertising? Yeah, absolutely. So we were, as I say, it was brilliant this year because we were working with with Michael and his team. So we kind of had that opportunity as opposed to Elf where it was it was what it was. It was fantastic, but we kind of knew what we had to work with. So we were able to secure an exclusive interview with Michael that we had agreed up front, which was fantastic to have him talking about the product and kind of his experience of shooting with Asda. And he was he was so engaged and he's so charismatic when he's talking. He's brilliant. So we had that agreed up front and also... And was that numbers of interviews? Was it a certain amount of time? How did you approach that? Yeah, so it was, it was one interview that we had agreed up ahead and, and sort of negotiated in up ahead. And then a lot of the other content was around social assets for our social team to use, because obviously that's a hugely important part now of, of maintaining that that momentum of storytelling on on social but from yeah the traditional sort of earned point of view we had we had that interview which was great to play through but then also as part of our ongoing campaign into the rest of the Christmas period we had a number of ideas sort of connected to him or they wouldn't need to feature him but quite right they will sort of go through his team in order to check that that everybody's happy with what we're looking to do so for example Later this week on Thursday, outside King's Cross Station, we're having the first Christmas tree that will light up when you sing Michael Bublé songs into it. Amazing. Mm. So that's happening. On Does it Thursday. matter how good you are, though? The 
better the quality, the brighter the light. That's apparently the way it works. Okay. (laughs) I I won't try then. (laughs) But I I mean, I think that's reasonably subjective, to be honest with you. I don't think we're going to leave it turned off for anybody. But it does does sort of light up and glow brighter, the more energetic the singer. So that's going to be fantastic. Great. Um, and, you know, he, his team were so on board with that. They, they said, you know, he'd seen it. He loved the idea of it. There was something similar that he'd, he'd had in the US. So those things, obviously, sadly, you know, spoiler alert, he's, he won't be there, sadly. But, you know, in terms of that idea that connects to him and the campaign. He's there in spirit. Absolutely. And in song. Yes. <laughs> so we'll be inviting people down and that will just drive more um, sort of positivity and warmth around the campaign. So it's those Absolutely. sorts of moments that we we've planned through but they don't all land on launch day and I guess for us it's that thing of you know yes that launch moment is so critically important because it's become such a hallmark of of Christmas you know we talk about Christmas traditions but for those of us who work in it like the ad season is is the tradition but it's that's the that's the first staging post there's so much more that comes in terms of maintaining that momentum and and driving awareness into the rest of the season so yeah the Christmas tree is is this week we're really excited about that um so we have that planned in and then we move into the more sort of staged processes around the product and fantastically got those assets that we've been able to secure as part of the creative construct that that have us and our our brand team sort of secured through the contract has you know little moments going live ongoing and then we will you know piggyback off and pick up on the sort of reaction to those i think that's the brilliant thing about the opportunity that this campaign's created is it's got that that extended sort of lifespan for itself through the those all important moments because you know as we said Christmas starts quite early now from a retail campaign point of view but there's a lot of Christmas to cover and you've got to maintain that energy right up until Christmas Eve so it's it's important to have those kind of staging posts and variety of opportunities um, to keep you going all Christmas long. And Gillian, I'm just thinking back to what you said around, you know, how much broadcast coverage that you had this year as well. I mean, that is just amazing, isn't it? That you can launch the John Lewis ad and you can be everywhere from BBC Breakfast to this morning about a Venus flytrap. And, you know, because you've created just this landmark moment in the calendar now that just feels like it's never going to end. Oh, well, I certainly hope it doesn't. I'm sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I, I did laugh this year because Lorraine was holding the snapper plush and I didn't, at one stage, I don't think she's going to let that go. I'm sure somebody had to actually physically grab it from her. I mean, I hope it doesn't. I think the ads themselves have become a tradition. They start Christmas. I think the creatives that exist in the UK, I think are phenomenal. There's some great storytelling. There are some that are stories. There are some that are fun. I mean, I do love the Asda Buble one. I'm going to have to say it's my third favorite after John Lewis and Waitrose. But I mean, I did love it. I loved Elf last year. I think some of them make me smile. Some of them, they do evoke an emotion. And I think people want to have that entertainment. And I think it's actually, it's a great thing that we have in the UK. Oh gosh, it's just extraordinary to think your feet are probably not going to be up until the 24th of December when you think, right, our job is done. But how do you know and when do you call it that your campaign has been a success? Is it before Christmas or is it after Christmas? And what metrics are you using to establish whether it's been a success? Yeah, I mean, I I guess it's the definition of 
of success, isn't it? You know, a retailer at the end of the day, so success ultimately would be in, you know, sales and performance for the business. Um, and that will come in after Christmas. But also in terms of the the creative success of the campaign, that, that's measured through a number of different metrics, you know, that started on launch day. So, you know, from an earned point of view, as Gillian's talked to, our earned coverage was, you know, massively up this year versus last. And, you know, for us, it's not just about volume, it's also about the quality of the messages, the key messages landing, it's how it's showcasing those key key points for us, you know, customer awareness and perception and brand resonance are all measured and tracked through through the campaign. So that there's learnings that are taken from it at every stage through. And then ultimately, you know, what we're all what we're all driving for is a strong performance from a sales point of view. But do you think within those first 48 hours you've got a good gut this this one's working? Creatively, a hundred percent. Yes. You get that, you yeah. get that sense and that and that reaction and and you get that warmth um, and that sense, you know, you've talked to, like I definitely shed a little tear when Snapper got dragged outside. And if that was like one of Gillian's measures, like how many people got a little lump in their throat, you'd you'd smashed it by now. And I guess that's for us as well. It's that, it's that positivity. It's that warmth. And so, you know, creatively that has worked, that execution has worked. And then it's, it's maintaining that momentum. It's maintaining that awareness from customers that, that brings them to your stores that, you know, results in results in purchasing. But yeah, you get that sense. And as Gillian described, you know, with that war room, it's it's almost that sort of first like six hours of watching it go live, watching the reaction and the way that it develops that helps inform that. And then you get the actual data and sensible stuff that backs it up behind your kind of instincts and how much my my check is my mum messages me like she has genuinely no interest in what I do god love her it's just it's not part of her life but she messages me she's like I've seen your ads I like it and I'm like okay there we go mum's giving me the mum's giving me the thumbs up that's one of my my messages she also says do you know that it's gone live which I think again <laughs> 20, 20 odd years in mum I've been doing this for a job and we're still not clear on what it is that when something goes live in the press I tend to know about it. I, I think your your mum and my mum might be related <laughs> Oh, well, she probably thinks you made the ad as well, which is often what mums may think about that. So Gillian as well, is, is it a similar story for you? And, and are you literally looking at sales data as well on a weekly basis to also then inform how well the ad is performing? So we would look at it. We get updates as soon as the ad goes live twice a day, certainly Monday to Friday anyway, and then over the weekend. So I could tell, yes, I actually haven't seen it today, but I've, you know, yesterday I knew our campaign had reached just under 70% of UK adults. We'd had over 80 million views. We knew what the sentiment was. We knew how many bits of coverage we had coming in and how many, um, you know, how many people we had reached through the earned PR. And so that is all tracked as well as anything to do with sales of the um merchandise or again if you were a loyalty customer to John Lewis this year you could download the app and then get it get the ad early and so we can also see how many you know app downloads there are so there's quite a lot of measures and tracks that we are looking at and we look at those the whole way through the campaign not even up to Christmas I think I would say right up to New Year's Eve. And then when you're looking at your you're beginning your briefing process what when will that start next year will it be January February how soon might it be? 
So there's a whole review which will happen in Jan. I mean, to be honest, we're talking about it already. All the time. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Even when we're doing it, I mean, there were so many things you think, actually, okay, so we've done our briefing this way this year. And then you look at, you know, of course, you're looking at what everybody else is doing and thinking, what do we need to change for next year? I mean, literally, I was already saying that and I was writing it down because I thought, if I say this now, my team are going to kill me. But I mean, they're also saying, actually, we need to think about this for next year. And I, I think that's just, that's what I love about retail is, you know, it is fast moving. I mean, yes, we're talking about next Christmas, but even as a business, I mean, we're already buying next Christmas, the decks and the trees, those buyers are already in. And I think that's what I love about retail is that for me, I mean, I love Christmas. So, you know, it's all year round. That's brilliant. So, and Tori, for you, when's the briefing process going to start? Is it, is it again, a review in January and a, and a brief out in February? Pretty much. I mean, the review, you know, yeah. as Gillian's saying, you know, the, the review starts as soon as you go live looking at the strategy particularly from a major point of view and again that that reaches across you know a paid owned and earned but you know the evolution in that space is so huge that anything that you've done you're always looking about well how are we going to iterate and build on it you know I remember I did my first Christmas campaign and it was you were still waiting for the 7.30 slot in, you know, Coronation Street to go live. And yeah. that was the first moment anyone would see it. Whereas now, as we said, you know, your your ad is live on socials from the you know midnight. It's a constantly evolving space as how do you drive that engagement? How do you drive that that positivity and that warmth? And how do you make that media work across your different platforms? So yeah, that starts literally from the moment at which you go live. But then again, you know, the briefing process, looking at the trends, looking at those hero products across for us, both food and and non-food and how you're going to bring that to life and, and really maximize it. Yeah, absolutely. That starts pretty much kicking off in January, whilst at the same time, obviously executing all the other events that are, you know, really significant as well. So it's, it's always great fun and it's never boring. Believe it or not, I think that brings us to the end of this week's show. I mean, you know, I, t- I don't know if I can say it yet, but I think I need to wish you a very happy Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, best of luck with the rest of the the campaigns running right up until Christmas. It's obviously been a phenomenal success this year. So so thank you, Gillian and Tori, for, for joining us. Thank you, too, for our listeners. We hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to you joining us next time. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.